What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the show, uh, the Mind Your Marketing Podcast, where we interview top marketers from around the world, how they're growing their companies, pushing forward their marketing departments. Today on the show, we got Ryan George. He is the CMO at DocuPace. I love this conversation. We get into really how marketers are the caretakers of culture at a company, how it's our job to not only bring the fun, but qualify that fun to end business results. So I think that uh, you guys are going to like this one, especially if you know, you're know you seen as a cost center within your organization. This is definitely the episode for you. But before we get into it, look, we put on this podcast here at Cave. We're a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles, and we help companies execute on social, really level up their social media game. So if you're feeling stuck when it comes to that, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. All right. Now let's sit back and enjoy this episode. What's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Ryan George, joining me from Dallas, Texas. He is the CMO at DocuPace. Ryan, how you doing? What's up? Not too much, man. I'm excited to jump in, and I know we got a uh, a good episode here. We're going to get into culture, and I love what you said off air about how the marketing department, we're really the caretakers of culture. But before we get into that, I want to let you set the table. Give us the story. Man, how did you find your way into marketing and into the C-suite at DocuPace? Well, like most people, my career has come to fruition exactly as planned every step. No, just kidding. Um, you know, <laughs> like most careers, you know, you, you get lucky with some opportunities. Some of the best opportunities that you don't take are the ones that work out best for you. So my path into, um, I went to school for PR at UT Austin, Hook of Horns. And when I graduated college, I had a college degree, not much work experience and like zero interest from anybody wanting to give me a job, like zero. I went on 32 or so interviews before I got my first job. And I started working in a financial services industry as a, answering the phone. So about two years later, I was able to shift into marketing and PR at that company. And my career has sort of taken off since there. I love it. I love this idea of just like, you know, for anyone listening, if you're thinking like, say you graduated, you just graduated, you got a communications degree and you're like, how do I get in? Go get your foot in the door somewhere and you can always make a lateral jump to marketing yeah. after. If you start yeah, in the CS team, you start in a BDR, you can make that jump once you're in and they know you, right? That's such a yeah. big thing. Instead of this expectation that you're going to be the CMO, you know, three months out of college. Yeah, that first job's <laughs> hard to get, you know, and it's funny as a CMO. So I've been CMO at DocuPace for a little over a year and I've been lucky enough in my career to have um, access to positions that I never thought I would have. You know, they were never a part of my plan, but the, I'm at the point now where I'm relatively young. I reached a position I never thought I would reach before. And so it's thinking about, okay, what does the rest of the career look like? Knowing that the lifespan of a CMO isn't the most lengthy tenure, it's sort of thinking, okay, well, what's next? Yeah, it's something to always be thinking about, right? What's the next thing? What Also, something that I think us marketers do is we get caught up in titles, which titles are great and titles are important yeah. and they affect pay and there's a lot of responsibility. But also it's like, what's the work we're doing? What type of team are we in? I mean, when I started Cave and, you know, Sure, I was the CEO, but it was one. I was also the janitor and the intern. So it was like, you know, it's a lot of pieces to put together for sure. It comes from a uh, privileged position, but title and salary don't really matter to me. It's am I waking up doing something that I think is impactful by using my skills to the best that they can be to impact the people around me and the rest of the stuff just sort of happens. 
Yeah, no, it, that's a, a good thing once we're in those positions to be able to go, okay, what's the work am I doing? Am I making a difference? Am I being creatively fulfilled or am I in spreadsheets? Do I want to be in only spreadsheets? Like finding out what that is because marketing, you know, you say, oh, I got into marketing and it's really this like this wide and encompassing thing that has so many different parts to it. Now, before we get into kind of like marketing's role within the company, and I want to let you kind of let us know who's DocuPace, what do y'all do? Sure. So DocuPace is a back office technology that serves wealth management financial advisory firms. So we've been in business, I'll qualify us as a 20-year-old startup. So um, we've been in business since 2002. We were one of the early players in the space. So we have a lot of legacy and big enterprise clients, and we're looking to we're really reinventing the company in terms of expanding into other verticals. We've acquired two companies this year. So my job as, as CMO is really to introduce introduce the new DocuPace and being able to have you know really paint that vision so it's clear for both our current customers and the marketplace. Yeah, and I'm interested because you know you're acquiring companies, you're bringing people into you know the DocuPace world, and. We talked a little bit off air and I want to bring it now to the show, but really talk to me about how marketers are, you, you know, you said these caretakers of culture and how important that is, not only for your existing team, you know, when maybe you're strapped for resources, but also when you have new team members, hey, your company's just been acquired. They're now part of the, you know, they're growing. They're now part of the larger firm. You, you know, you got to push the new culture to them as well, but also respect that they had a culture. And like, how, how do you tackle all that? And how do you go about your business when it comes to setting culture as a marketer? Sure. I mean, I think marketers are have sort of, I think they should keep in mind, even when stuff is tough and they're going through a big project, that we have the funnest job on the planet. Like that should never be missed. There are other areas that get, you know, heavy into projects and they have to pull, like marketing's job is to bring the fun and I think people look, if you can do that, I think people will respect the marketing department more. They'll see people as the value that they add to the culture versus the expense because we spend all the money, right? So they, they don't always want to like give us extra dollars. They say that we're an expense group, but no, we're the life group of a company. And I think that starts with empathy. So regardless if you're working with a person that's on your team today or another organization or bringing somebody in, understanding how other people are feeling at the moment. I mean, this is how we create messages, right? How is our audience, our target audience feeling about the world today when we're messaging them? Because I think that that empathy sort of leads to us being successful. Yeah, you said something really huge there, right? It's like taking our skill set that we're putting out towards the customer and then be thinking about how is that internalized with our team, right? Like we're supposed to be the ones that are good communicators, empathetic, and can communicate and say what we're doing, why we're doing it, well, how it's helping. And when things are tough throughout the org and the accounting team is like heads down and they don't want to talk to anybody. If you put in another expense on their desk, they're going to freak. And sales is like, hey, I got, I got to hit this quota by the end of the month. Get out of my face. It's our job to come in and, and remind everybody like, hey, we're having well, a good it, time. It, here. Think of the position we sit in. It's unique because everywhere in the organization comes to us to help make their objectives possible. Right. So accountant needs us to help communicate out a new process. Sales helps it comes to us to help hit their goals. Other groups within the company don't have that position. So we actually can help our pe our colleagues every day. I love it. Now, you guys are in a hybrid model. So talk to me about how one of the things I mean, we're a hybrid model, too. So we have some team members here in L.A. and then we have team members around Canada and, and one in Mexico. And, you know, there's challenges from avoiding clicks that are at location. Yeah. Just a few. <laughs> Versus remote. But walk me through, is there anything that you do to kind of facilitate that hybrid culture? Sure. So it is very difficult. So 
first of all, having the hybrid culture offers flexibility to people's lives that just can't be matched, right? They're whether they're a working mom or they have taken care of an, another person, another like the elderly parent, the ability to work from anywhere has tremendous impacts. As somebody who's hiring somebody, I can hire them from anywhere in the country, not just somebody who's in my local area. However, it does take a lot more of a leader to create that environment as best they can. So from a team perspective, we do a lot of like agile standups. So every day we'll meet for 15 minutes just as a check-in because there's a value in sort of having to show up every day. Um, even if it's short, because it gives you that cadence of like, how was that game last night? Or, how, you know, did you watch the show? And it's just the little things that allow that connective tissue that you would get in an office space. From a company standpoint, it's hard to, you can't replace the face-to-face interactions and actually just being able to hang out with people. So I think looking to move people around, if there's an opportunity to bring people to different offices it, that that could be really impactful. Yeah, the uh, the daily standup is huge. Uh, we started incorporating that, but six months ago, I read the book Vanderbilt uh, Habits, and it was just very much like a oh, having the daily standup. We what are the you know, and of course we get into the bottlenecks and where people can help and blah 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 blah. But the majority of it is like, hey, who's watching Squid Game? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and I think it's so important to manufacture areas where the team can actually just shoot the shit. I feel like that's so yeah. so important. As a leader, if I'm looking at somebody, the value of somebody as only in their job, like I'm not doing my job very well. Like you have to look at the whole person to understand who they are, like what makes them tick. And that's what I think it's table sticks for a leader. Like you, you can't do that. You can't be a leader if you don't do that. Yeah, it's huge, right? All those pieces in a puzzle. And that's one of those things when you're the marketing leader, right? I think a lot of times we take the responsibility to go, okay, we're not the whole voice, but we're definitely writing a lot of the lyrics to this song. The department's going to sing and got to be those those first kind of notes of, hey, what are we going to say? How are we going to communicate outward? And what type of things are we going to do where we bring the fun? And you said something at the start that I say on the show all the time and I'll sing it from the rooftops, but we are not the arts and crafts department, guys. We are not the cost center. There is serious value that we're bringing to orgs. We just need to learn how to show it. And being able to show it through tangible and intangible ways where we're able to say like, look, everybody likes working here, right? We're, we're now ranking on Glassdoor or, or something, right? We have things comparably because people actually enjoy it. We have a remote culture where, like you said, I can hire somebody if they just had a newborn child they or anything, young children, like elderly parents. Those types of things are important and they're part of the culture. They're part of the inward and outward message. But I, I'm with you on that. It's positioning so we're not the arts and crafts and the rest of the companies. There's too many marketing departments in America are seen as like the make it pretty department. I, that literally is probably the thing that makes me angry more than anything else because the process of making that pretty means listening to your customers, listening to your coworkers, understanding the market, having skills that other people don't have in order to create a piece like that's just the end delivery. There's a lot that goes in front of that. A thousand percent. And anyone, anyone listening to this show is in the trenches and definitely respects that. When it, Now, when somebody says that to you, like, hey, you know, uh, throughout your career and you've had that executives or other people like are within an org and they're just like, yeah, yeah, the make it pretty department. How do you go about maybe not like maybe not outwardly confronting, but converting other people to be like, hey, no, look, this is like this took a lot of work and there's value in it. Yeah. So different stages of my career I probably would handle a little bit differently. I think at this point, it's more about maybe like a new employee or something. And I think granting them grace and telling them like, hey, we actually do a lot more than that. And like just be able to introduce the idea because they could have worked with bad marketing departments before. But I think 
adding value and delivering value is the easiest way to change the perception of, of the marketing team internally. 1000%. What I've always found too, one of the easiest ways for anybody who gets that objection and the sales department is, you know, feeling a type of way, just be like, okay, you start to do like an internal employee feature on LinkedIn and start to bring in some of those people and make them the star of the show for a day. Sure. And suddenly they love you. <laughs> Playing into others' egos is never going to hurt a marketing department. We get to make people famous. Like, I think that that's something is good. But also, I really ever try to shy away from teaching people about marketing or how hard the job is because they don't care. Like, they, they literally don't care. It's about understanding, like, the human connection. Exactly. And look, it's we've all been on this thing where like we've been in the trenches, a project is going left and we're there and we make it through with the team. And it's like, you know, you might not be my best friend or anything, but we banded together there on that project and like we worked well. And those are those memories that we all have, right? Yeah. When a project's smooth sailing, it's easy. That's not fun. Like in the when you look back, it's like those ones where you actually were like, whoa. We pulled that you, off. You didn't challenge yourself <laughs> afterwards. Your Those yeah, are the, the ones. Yeah. And like with sales, the best thing, like the most important thing to the sales team is always the next thing, right? If like, it, like just have this thing. So if you understand that and how they work, things become way less tensions ten, between the two groups. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, an interesting, uh, the relationship between sales and marketing, it's really org to org. You know, it's so different, but there's always this overarching yeah. like sales is mad and thinks that marketing yeah, are a bunch of divas. So we just got to make it. We just got to prove that we're not and that, hey, we're we're yeah. filling pipeline and here's how we're doing it and, and keep the ball rolling that way. What marketing department in America consider themselves successful if sales isn't successful? Like the, it's zero. So you just have to figure out a way to work together. No sales means no jobs for anyone. Yeah, that's the whole saying that like sales fixes everything is the most true thing I've ever uh, ever heard. <laughs> so I respect anyone on the sales side who somehow ventured into this marketing podcast. Just know we respect you and we love you because you keep the food on the table. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on today. For anybody who wants to learn about DocuPace and connect with you online, where should they head? Yeah, so um, I spend most of my professional time on LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn.com, just search Ryan George, I'll, I'll pop up my shining face. For DocuPace, go to DocuPace, D-O-C-U-P-A-C-E.com. That's not DocuSpace and not DocuSign. It's DocuPace.com. There we go. And I'll put links to both of those in the show notes so you can go connect with Ryan and check out DocuPace. Ryan, thanks again so much for coming on. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um. 